0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
1: Queens, get the money! Right back at it on the fan inside the 8 o'clock hour. Joining me right now is my friend Disha, and I want her to say her last na- name because I keep saying Thosar or Thosar, and I'm like, <laughs> She's got to say her name so I don't say it incorrectly. You never know. What's up, Deisha? <laughs> too funny you had it right the second time thosar thosar disha thosar ladies and gentlemen
2: you got
1: it i know but i always like you know i interview different (laughs) people i talk to different people and i'm always like butchering names and so i'm like self-conscious of that but (laughs) thanks for joining me this is fox sports mlb reporter you guys know if you follow the mets or you follow baseball Deisha and i actually were on off base last year did you do an episode this season of off base
3: not yet. They asked me back, of course, the one weekend I wasn't there. So I got to do it again at some point.
1: Okay, I got to send a message to the producers. Maybe we can <laughs> end up on the same episode. I, I yeah, only did one great. episode this year because I had a baby in April. and oh, uh, that. so I had to awesome. step out for my paternity leave for two months, the first two months of the baseball season. But... I'm actually glad. I was thinking the other day with how bad the Yankees are. I'm glad I'm not on national television talking about them every week. I I wouldn't be able to hide it. I wouldn't be able to hide how miserable I am.
3: (laughs) We all know how bad it gets for you.
1: So let's talk Mets. Uh, First, Ronnie Mauricio. Yay! Nick, hit the the kids. Yay! They're calling the kids up. The Yankees and Mets are calling the kids up. Finally, (laughs) Ronnie Mauricio will join the Mets. Can you tell us anything about Ronnie that we don't know, like, Casual fans or Yankee fans like that aren't familiar with this guy, what's one thing that stands out to to you or something that fans need to know about this kid coming up this weekend?
3: I think fans are really going to like Ronnie. I mean, the first time I met him, it was sort of the same feeling I had when I met Alvarez. Both of these guys have so much confidence, especially for where they're at in their careers. Of course, Ronnie's finally getting his first chance crack at the major leagues and trust me he is going to come up confident with the swag and kind of the same thing that uh, attracted fans to Francisco Alvarez in the first place so hopefully he'll get the chance here to finally succeed this is a long time coming I think the Mets really should have called him up months ago especially when their their sell-off really happened uh, fans have been waiting for Mauricio so we'll see what what he can do this week
1: Yeah, the the last of the baby Mets, we've seen Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty, and Francisco Alvarez. Now we'll get to see Ronnie Mauricio, who was MVP of the Dominican Winter League. And I feel like Mets fans all season were saying, call him up, bring him up, like like when they were struggling. It's like, what's the use? What what could it hurt? Bring him up. And now he's finally going to come up as a September call-up.
3: Yeah, and I would definitely expect a little bit of everyone else's confidence, Brett Beatty. Uh, Alvarez especially, and uh, Vientos to kind of feel right at home where they were raking uh, in AAA and just coming up through the minor leagues because the second that Alvarez, Beatty, and Vientos were in the same lineup together, batting right behind each other, that was when I saw them look the most comfortable, not just themselves, but also the results were showing up. So this should just be a, a sign of good things to come for, especially all four of them.
1: Right, and they, they sent Brett Beatty down a couple weeks ago. He's coming back up. Um, the future is now, and especially for the Mets. And we know what they did at the deadline. We know that they moved a bunch of pieces. We know that, you know, Max Scherzer came out and said, oh, they're not competing for a World Series. And, uh, you know, they're kind of kicking the can down the road to see these guys, uh, these young guys develop. And then that brings me to, obviously, the main conversation around Pete Alonzo, right? Pete is 28 years old. And after the Mets did what they did this season, I was just talking about in my open that, you know, when you trade D-Rob, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna, Tommy Pham, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, you get rid of all of these pieces, you're open for business. It's a fire sale. So every team is going to be checking in with Billy Epler. And I think they did their due diligence in answering the phone on Pete Alonso. Doesn't mean that they were actively trying to trade Pete Alonso, in my opinion, but I think you answer the phone if the Brewers and the Cubs are interested um, what do you think about the future with Pete Alonzo this whole week on WFAN? It's been back and forth about him being toxic, him being traded. Let's just start with the future. Do you see him as a Met? Do you see him being signed? I think they have to pay this guy. I don't know how the conversation shifted.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think he definitely stays with the Mets. I do think the road, the journey to getting there might get ugly. It might get a little Aaron Judge ugly, before we reach that point where Pete Alonso signs potentially a contract extension and maybe he retires as a Met. That definitely seems like what Pete wants. Uh, and of course, leading up to this, the conversation between both sides is not going to be as close as Pete Alonso may have experienced in the years leading up to this, because now we're seeing a lot of negotiating tactics. Of course, a lot of fans are asking for Steve Cohen to sort of come out and say he loves Pete and he wants him to stay, but Really, Steve Cohen remaining more mum uh, is just a negotiating tactic because he really can't put all his cards out like that and give keep more leverage. So I think leading up to his free agency, there is only going to be more trade rumors, uh, more of these reports coming out of teams checking in and being interested. And like you said, Billy Epler, he has to pick up the phone. He might not even be in charge of the front office as soon as this off season, so a lot of the Mets' future is murky and what they're even doing next season. Uh, so, alongside that, uh, they're still trying to get something done, of course, with Pete, but this might take a while.
1: Yeah, and they, they have time. Um, yeah, I just think that fans are impatient, and fans love to speculate. And even hosts on The Fan love to talk about it. And you know what? Uh, most of our hosts are not in the clubhouse. Like, I have a media credential. You have a media credential. But the difference is I use my media credential to skip the line. I just go into, through the press <laughs> gate. You, you'll never see me in the clubhouse. You'll never see me on the field doing interviews. I just don't want to wait in line at the stadium. But you're someone that is on the field. You are in the clubhouse. You are talking to coaches and players. I read your article talking to Eric Chavez. I even um, saw your tweet talking about Max Scherzer and asking them about Pete Alonso being toxic. And I, I I know he's not toxic. I know he's he's a big teddy bear. They literally call him the polar bear. But what intel can you share with us about this whole thing around Pete Alonso being the toxic one in the clubhouse and that he's the one that needs to be moved?
3: Right. So just off the top, of course, he's not toxic. And that was sort of my reaction when I saw some of this pop up about two weeks ago. And really, I, I thought... Mets fans were aware enough of just knowing him since his rookie season on the field, knowing that he really, it would be hard for this person who's so goofy and baseball obsessed and fun-loving is how his teammates describe him to just suddenly become this toxic menace when behind closed doors and when the cameras and microphones are shut off. And I just wanted to sort of set the record straight because I knew from from the jump, of course, that he's not toxic and it sort of Started filtering out to other stations and other reports of maybe he is. Or we're not sure. Maybe this means the Mets and Pete Alonso have a problem. Really, it's just none of that. It's, it's they all love each other, and that has been established. But sort of when it becomes baseball becomes a business in these times, right? As a player is approaching free agency, and that's sort of what Pete is going through right now. What the Mets are going through. And so this sort of discord of them not yet reaching a contract extension is always, always, always going to be about the money. And uh, I just wanted to check and, and make sure with the uh, players and, and teams and, and staffers that that's how they felt too. And it turns out, yeah, they that is exactly what they feel. Pete wants to stay and the Mets wanted to stay. So, yeah, absolutely no toxicity involved, especially when it comes to Pete Alonso.
1: Yeah, I think this is just a product of a season lost. I think this is a product of games not mattering and, and the season pretty much being over in June and then effectively being over five days before the deadline when they wave the white flag. People just need something to talk about and speculate and rumor and you know change is constant, right? Players are going to get traded. Players are going to be signed, signed else- elsewhere. You know, last offseason, Degrom signed with the Rangers. And I feel like Mets fans lost one of their, like, core favorite Mets that's an all-time great. And I think Pete Alonso is on his way to being an all-time great, and I think they will keep him here. But, you know, I think about Pete like this. He's had to watch Francisco Lindor come in and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander come in and Starling Marte and some of these other guys, like, literally come in and hit the mega millions with Steve Cohen. All these other guys have gotten paid, and all Pete does is continue to hit while getting hit and continue to be the face of the franchise going out to all-star games, hitting in the home run Derby and saying all the right things in the media about loving being a Met, loving playing in New York. I think this is all much about nothing really.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, he's certainly earned his pay and, and we're reaching that point. He's, about to have potentially another 40 homer season. He's just been hitting the most home runs in the major leagues since he's been in the big leagues. And Pete, I can tell you one thing, it it definitely comes from the perspective where he wants to make the amount of money that he feels he's earned. He's absolutely not going to take a hometown discount, even if he, he had a poor year this season uh, he would still sort of be walking into his walk here in free agency uh, with the confidence of knowing where he's come from and what the numbers that he's already put up so definitely Pete feels as if he has earned this this sort of position that he's in and can earn the contract that he eventually will make. So that is going to push uh, the Mets to maybe go a little farther than they wanted to because first basemen do not make a lot of money in the major leagues. And already uh, the numbers that he's asking for are likely higher than guys like Freddie Freeman got and guys like Paul Goldschmidt got. So def- definitely uh, Pete Alonso is reaching into... Uh, an area where it's, no one has gone as a first baseman in terms of money. And uh, it, it makes sense because Steve Cohen is the owner here who just happens to have billions of dollars in his bank account. So I do think they will reach a resolution. It, it just might take a little bit of compromise on both sides before we get there.
1: Yeah, Steve Cohen is a Mets fan. He understands what Pete Alonso represents, that he's a homegrown Met and he has more than enough money to, to take care of Pete Alonso. It's a negotiation. They'll get there when the time comes. I don't think they're trading him. I think they just answered the phone for teams that were interested in him. The last thing I'll say about him is I, you know, I hear people talking about oh, Pete is going to be old. He's not going to age well by time, uh, you know, uh, Acuna's brother comes up or Gilbert or some of these other kids. And I'm like, what does that matter? Because in my <laughs> opinion, you have the richest owner in the sport, and even though he punted on this season, right? He's a businessman. He, you know, and the next question I'm going to ask you about it is, is the changes that he's made, but. He's going to spend money in this offseason so that the Mets are competitive. Like they, Their vision might be for 2025, 2026, but if he can pick up a couple pitchers or free agents, pay Pete Alonso, I think he's going to do it. I don't think that he's willing to take a down year because he came out and said, I'm not going to put a team out there that's going to embarrass us. I think he feels what the fans feel.
3: Exactly, and I think it it will take potentially a little longer than maybe he is expecting for this sort of mini-rebuild that they're doing. Yeah,
1: he didn't know. He's a rookie owner. He put a five-year window on it being a a fan and not having the experience of an owner.
3: Exactly, And, and a lot of that, like, he might be changing the goalposts of that window to win a World Series, but then he knows how to adjust, I think, is what we learned this season, how to adjust on the fly, which is he saw a team that was not going to be competitive when it got to October so he decided to sell it and get a better farm system and the Mets needed that to begin with especially when he bought the, the Mets in the first place three years ago and they're improving just by the, the trades they made this year but it, when it comes to just building a competitive team next season he's absolutely still going to be on some of these bigger name free agents I'd be surprised very surprised if the Mets did not even make a single offer for Shohei Otani. And that's someone that, of course, any team would want in their lineup and in their rotation. So he he still has the means to field a competitive team, and that's certainly what those around the Mets are expecting. It just might be that the way they get there will be a little different. But if the benchmark is something like 90 wins, that's what they're going for. As long as they can get to a spot where they feel they can be competitive to get to the playoffs, that's what the Mets will be trying to do. If they didn't. If guys like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer did not think those are still good enough chances to get in the World Series, that's understandable. They're at an age where they don't have that much time left in their careers to be taking a year uh, where they might not get into the World Series. So, really, I think yes, the Mets will be competitive World Series. Let's see, but at least, let's at least first see how the season, of course, starts.
1: On the other side of town, where I go to watch games in the Bronx, I feel like, you know, the Yankees have had sustained success for so long. That's why it's so hard for us to digest what went on this year and stomach this season because they have had winning seasons. They have gone to the postseason so long. And I believe Steve Cohen is trying to build a team that can have that similar type of success. Be in the postseason every year, up your chances of, you know, getting hot one October and getting to the World Series. Now, I want to ask you about the shakeup that we saw today. Because it's so early in this guy owning the team. I, I don't think he plans on selling the team. He's, he's worth $17.5 billion. What would he sell the team for? He's in his third year, and he's shaking things up. They fired the pro scouting director, the performance director, and baseball development director today. What can you share with us about those changes, if you know anything, if you don't know anything? Um, and even uh, the name David Stearns from Milwaukee has been floated around. Like, what do you think— The reason was, well, obviously the reason was because the team struggled this year. But, um, you know, what do you think prompted that? And what do you think is going to happen in the near future?
3: Yeah, so I, I really was not surprised by today's news. It is a little early, but also we're talking about a team that is so clearly not at all contenders. So they're working on a different timeline than maybe some other teams who are still on the brink and trying to make a push. But The reason I'm not surprised is because from the jump, Steve Cohen said, as soon as he bought the team, he's sort of going to be in observing mode. He's going to leave the pieces that were there, uh, take some out that he needs to be, that he saw that needs to be immediately changed. But for the majority of it, it would be adding a lot, but also leaving a lot. So we knew from the jump that there were going to be changes here and there. There have been a lot of changes just even within the the PR department within the last year that doesn't really get talked about because these are not on field personnel or have to do with really player development. But Steve Cohen has been making these sort of changes, getting someone quietly, whether it's someone quietly leaving or a louder announcement like today, but He's just sort of been looking for all of these years now, three years that he's owned the team, of what's working and what's not. And uh, I'm kind of surprised that it took as long as it did for, for some of these changes to happen today because uh, he really, that means to me, put his due diligence in and sort of giving them a chance and, and seeing if it would work out. And Now, of course, this lost season is the time to make some of these changes. So I'm not surprised just given his background. And I think he will finally start putting people in place that he believes can succeed uh, under his ownership
1: awesome yeah last question uh, does DJ Stewart stick with this team does he become maybe a fourth outfielder or a bench bat I, I think he's campaigning and he's done enough to at yeah. least get an invite next year to yeah training.
3: definitely definitely and, and a lot of that of course goes back to what the Mets are going to do next season and it depends what they do this off season but certainly DJ Stewart having a, as hot of a few weeks as he's had if he can carry this the end of the regular season he has certainly a good shot of being sort of that bench bat or even the the designated hitter uh, just depending on on what the Mets do for next year a lot of that isn't clear there's a lot of Vogelbach discussions and, and, if, and if we don't even know yet if Buck Showalter will still be the manager so I think once all of those background pieces start getting put into place then of course we can talk about things like the roster but DJ's sort of really really has impressed in these past few weeks, and he's he's certainly earned it, too.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, covering your New York Mets, it's Disha Thosar. Thanks for joining me tonight. We'll have you back on when Pete Alonzo signs for millions, and it's all good. Yeah,
3: sounds good, Keith. Thanks for
1: having me on. 877-337-6666. We have an hour and 20 minutes until my next guest comes aboard, Will Parkinson, to talk about the Jets. Call the fan. Tell me what you think, Mets fans, Yankee fans, Giants fans that want to get a word in. I'm in here watching this uh, Florida-Utah game, and if you're in the mood for some football, it's already on and popping. A deep bomb was thrown by Utah. They're a the number 14 team in the country. They're up 7 nothing with 10 minutes left in the first quarter, and it's already getting chippy. Uh, these uh, Florida Gators don't like being beat by uh, some kids from Utah, so... I mean, this is already, you know, uh, satisfying my appetite for some Thursday night football. Keith McPherson on the fan. Can't wait to talk to you. Let's take another break, and we'll be back after this. All right, right back into it, folks. Keith McPherson on the fan, you heard? Talking sports, taking calls, having some guests come in, talking all around the New York sports teams and themes and headlines and conversations man passing the time there's no baseball games on tonight for our new york teams and uh i'm in here watching the florida gators and it's kind of crazy thinking about like urban meyer coached the gators i just was watching um untold on netflix the story of the florida gators back when he was there nuts tim tebow all those guys that were there like he, he was there with tim tebow the pouncey twins joe hayden percy harvin aaron hernandez Dan Bilzerian was in that school at that time. <laughs> I think they had a dominant basketball team, too. Billy Donovan uh, with Corey Brewer and Joaquin Noah and those guys. And Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I actually stopped at UF on my way back from spring training last season. Um, I got people in Jacksonville. I had to go s- stop and see my grandma in Jacksonville. And so I purposely flew out of Jacksonville um, instead of, Tampa and that ride is, you know, goes straight through Gainesville. And I wanted to see the campus because,
0: I don't know, growing up.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Man, the Swamp and the Gators, they were dominant. They were tough, but they're not so tough anymore. Look at Utah. Urban Meyer put Utah on the map. And now they're a the number 14 team in the country. They play in the Pac 12 now, not the Mountain West Conference. And they can go toe to toe with an SEC school. I'm enjoying this game, man. I love football. I can't wait for it to start. Like, I just like. I'm the type of guy, I mean, I played the game. It changed my life. I probably wouldn't be on the fan if I didn't get a football scholarship and go to school and get a radio and television degree. But, like, I can get lost in a Saturday full of college games. I can do nothing but watch seven hours of commercial-free football, take a break to shower, eat dinner, and then Sunday night football is on. I'm, I'm perfectly fine doing that. Content. Leave me alone. I'm interested to see how that's going to go with my baby. I'm sure my wife will help me out. Like, I don't want to be doing any diaper changing, bottle feeding, putting him down for a nap. I will. I guess I'll do the bottle feeding. But, like, I don't want to miss plays, man. I don't want to miss anything. I want to watch the games. And we're getting back into it. As much as you hear me, like, rant about the Yankees, and, of course, I love the Yankees, and I love baseball. Football is just different. The NFL is king. And um, if you don't watch college football, I don't know why, because— College football is where all the NFL players come from, and uh, it's upon us, you know, it's September tomorrow, so 877-337-6666, let's get back into it, we got about an hour and some change before we talk Jets with Will Parkinson from Turn on the Jets podcast, I'm taking your calls on the Pete Alonzo stuff, on the Jets-Giants beef, on uh, Glaber Torres, the Yankees moves, I'm... On Yankees Twitter and now the conversations about ooh, Josh Donaldson returning to Yankee Stadium with the Brewers yeah you know, whatever good gives us something to look forward to hey fans come out to Yankee Stadium and see Josh Donaldson make his return for like, whatever Avery's in St. Louis on the fan what's up Avery college boy how's it going out there
2: hey Keith how are you I'm good
1: man Guess what? You, you had your first week of classes this week or no
2: yes sir yes sir <laughs>
1: It sucks. It is what it is. Syllabus yeah, week. Awesome. You're just looking at the syllabus.
2: No, no, but guess what? I I joined your industry now. You know why?
1: You're on the radio club at school?
2: Yes, sir. They made me their sports director and I do the play by plays of all the school sports now.
1: Congrats, man. That's where it starts. I was um you know, I was playing football in college and then I was in the radio club, and then when I gave my scholarship back my fifth year, I was like, I'm not going to the NFL. I don't care about football. It hurts to play football. I really locked in with the radio club, and then I was doing radio three hours a day, five days a week, and look at me now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be starting with the football at the school in a few weeks, and then we'll see what other sports I'll do also.
1: Yeah, take whatever opportunities come your way, learn, uh, practice, get your reps. How old are you, like 19, 20? 18, 18. 18, you got you got plenty of time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> fun. Um, um but anyway though, it's about time they figured out that Donaldson did not belong in that team anymore.
1: Yeah, don't bring him back. I was at a game and he was warming up, he's like running sprints in the outfield. I'm like, I don't wanna see this guy. So they, yeah, they they effectively um, cut him instead of letting him come back from the 60-day IL, and they painted it as, oh, he's a veteran. We want to give him an opportunity to catch on with a team that's contending. Sure, he's a brewer now. Oh, sorry. Oh, come I, on, bro. So you can, see, when you get on the radio at school, you better silence that phone. <laughs> I never have my phone on. You'll never hear my phone ring. My phone is on silent all the time. I, I never want to hear a sound from my phone.
2: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I fell in love with Harrison Bader too much, though. It's too bad he had, he, he fell off like that. And that yeah, was game yeah.
1: Go. I I had the Harrison Bader shirts. Shout out to ball, Vinny. I wore that to. The, I
2: do too.
1: <laughs> I wore that to the Knicks game five when, when they beat the Heat in the Garden. I obviously don't have any Knicks apparel, so I wore my Bader shirt. I was and, there. Uh-oh. I was
2: there at, the, at game five when they beat the Heat. That was fun.
1: You didn't hit me up. I was in the in the Chase Club. <laughs> I was I was doing my thing in there. Shout out to Casamigos. Brought to you by those who drink it. Stay tuned for the (laughs) Casamigos big shot of the night. Yeah, Casamigos hooked it up and put me in there. But um, Yeah, I love Bader too. What's what's not to love? Bronxville kid, Horace Mann kid, literally living the dream of playing for the Yankees, and uh, it just went south on us.
2: My father and my grandfather both went to Horace Mann, so that Uh, was also part of it. Yeah. uh, Also... Though, back to Donaldson part, it's like you said, you'd be crazy to think Josh, Donaldson's gonna, Josh Donaldson won't have a bounce-back season this year. <laughs> well, then I must be cuckoo for
1: oh, Coco Yeah, I was. <laughs> I knew it. I knew Boone was just blowing smoke up. Uh, you know, they have to sell these guys to us. Oh, yeah, Josh Donaldson, yeah, please. So, But you know what's going to happen, right? Bader's going to go to Cincinnati with those young, energetic kids. He gets to play with Ellie De La Cruz. And his postseason mm-hmm. experience will play if they do get that last wild card and he gets in a series. I bet you we, we watch him hit a bomb for them. He'll turn it on. And then Josh Donaldson will find his form that uh, Brian Cashman was telling us about that he couldn't find with the Yankees. Oh, Josh Donaldson's always been an above-average offensive player. You know, we appreciate Gio Urshela, but he's no Josh Donaldson. Yeah, Josh Donaldson right. will turn yeah. it on now yeah. with the Brew Crew. Right, yeah. Yeah.
2: Right, exactly. This is how exactly, it goes.
1: Exactly it, it, and yeah. they <laughs> blame us. It's, time, it's the like, fans' fault. Work.
2: They think we're so stupid. It's what you say. They they pee on your leg and they tell you it's, it's hot rain, right? Or hot water. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they piss on your, your leg and, and they tell you <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> hot <Yeah>. water.
2: <laughs> oh, well. Uh, uh, kids say the darndest things. We'll the... Right. Exactly. At least we'll see the the kids this weekend. If nothing else, then at least we get to see them. The Martian. I am Martian. I am out of this world. Yeah, we get to see (laughs) these kids face
1: Justin Verlander. We got to watch another Justin Verlander start, the third one of this season in that house of horrors that is Houston. I I, I think I'm taking the weekend off. I'm going to enjoy my Labor Day weekend. I'm trying to go home. I'm trying to, like, bond yeah. with my wife and my baby. Another summer in the books. First, like, the Yankees, they kill my vibe. And they're going to go to the Houston. Houston's a first-place team again. Looks like they're hitting their yeah. stride again. They know what time of the year it is. And uh or they're
2: hitting their stride, as in hitting trash cans, bang, bang, change-up.
1: No, there's no more trash cans, bro. Like, they just have a better team. You know, because they will fire <laughs> yeah. a GM. They will change their manager. They will uh, have guys step up when players get hurt, like Jordan Alvarez and Altuve, and get the job yeah. done. They find ways to win and stay in it. They go to the ALCS every year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're right back in it this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly. I, I'm sure they will be. All, always nice to talk to you. You can catch me on 90.3 FM KWUR. Well, I won't be right? in
1: Missouri, so I won't be out Is it streaming on an app. <laughs> There's There is. There's a website. There's a website. All right, send me the link online. Appreciate you, Avery. Good luck in school and good luck with your pursuit of a radio career. There's a small percentage of folks that actually figure out how to get it done. But if you put in the work and you put in the time and you have the talent, it, it, it'll connect. It'll connect. 877-337-6666. Let's talk to Tommy in New Hyde Park.
4: Hey, Keith. Always a pleasure. As well. Thanks for joining my show again. Well, how you doing? How's your grandma and father with the with the hurricane? I have a niece in uh Tampa? She said she did all right, but a little damage on the roof.
1: They're good. um Facebook is a way for everybody to like post and they have the thing to like mark your safe and everybody feels the need to go on there and write like they're they're good my my folks are in uh in Jacksonville um, okay but they're all they're all good,
4: yeah, but they were they were in the way of it, yeah
1: they're so um, used to it down there though like it doesn't like these like storms it doesn't phase them they're they're just sitting in the well, house well
4: this is a cat tree that never hit there and like they said over like a hundred something
1: weird no they're well from what i saw and from what i heard they're not tripping over it they're like whatever oh, it is, yeah, my it needs is. To, okay too i want to talk about the cowboys if you don't mind i don't mind at all how
4: about them um now jack wilson we hear we heard
1: all
4: you know stupid things during the offseason. season. Then they they get this guy Lance. What's his name? Lance. Um, Trey Lance,
1: the third overall pick in that draft after the Jets took Zach Wilson. Um, all the talk about Zach Wilson being a bust and how much of a mistake it was drafting him.
4: And the Jets didn't have to give
1: up what the Niners gave up to get Trey Lance. That was one of the worst moves all time.
4: I I, I, I agree with you. Now. Uh, Dak, Dak's doing okay, right?
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna start wearing my Dak Prescott jersey and my Dak Prescott hats and and really start, uh, supporting that guy, because he needs it. He doesn't get support from his own owner, his own team. He
4: doesn't, no, I agree with you. I don't, that's why he's always, like, quiet on the side, he doesn't talk much. He's had a I rough
1: life, man. I got a ton of respect for a guy that lost his mom to cancer and his brother to suicide. Like I, just, yeah. I, like I just I got a ton of respect for a guy like that that was able to be drafted in the fourth round and become the face of the Dallas Cowboys. Um he's the longest tenured quarterback with his team in the NFL now that Rodgers isn't a Packer. And when you look at offensively what he's been able to do, there's a stat floating around out there that with Dak Prescott under center, the Cowboys average the most points of any team in the regular season, Thank around 29, 29 points. And what I say as a Dallas fan is we have a, a lot of fun on Sundays. The Cowboys win. They, they have back-to-back 12-win seasons. They just fail in the playoffs. And what I really hope this year is that Dak excels in the playoffs, that this is the year. He's been through it all. He's been through the injuries. He's been through the failure. That this is the year where he finds his receivers. This is the year where he does make the throws. This is the year that he puts the team on his back in an NFC that I think is wide open.
4: Um, Yeah, really. It's going to be a tough uh, NFC. Um, The defense got really good, I understand, from what I hear on paper.
1: I mean, it's Dan Quinn's defense, year three. They have the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, Micah Parsons, and they're intact. What they were missing was another corner they cut anthony brown he just got connected with the steelers i saw Oh, some... i didn't
4: know they cut him
1: yeah oh. he's 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 been he's been barbecue chicken he's been toast um they got stephen gilmore for a fifth round pick stephen gilmore is still a good corner and then on the other side they have trayvon diggs and then when you look at leighton vanderish and Jaron curse and malik hooker and donovan wilson and tank lawrence and uh, the kid Mozzie Smith that they they drafted out of Michigan to clog up the middle, and then you still have Neville yeah, Gallimore. We'll like they catch, have, yeah. they got a bunch of dogs on defense. Is what I'm trying to say. The Dallas Cowboys defense is yeah. one of the best defense we've seen. If you go back I to 2020, so. they had the worst defense ever. Now yeah. they've come a long way. They've changed that defense. Almost none of those well, guys from 2020 how, are there.
4: Offensive line kept their How's our offensive line looking? I think good.
1: Pretty good, right? Yeah, Zach Smith, right? Uh, uh, Or Zach Martin. Zach Martin, everybody's saying, oh, Zach Martin's holding out. I knew they were going to pay him. He's a 99 overall player. He's a pro baller. Say that again. No injuries. No, no injuries. They're ready to go. Yeah. Oh, good. Tyron Smith is is most likely the first guy injured because he's injured every year. But Tyler Smith, who they drafted in the first round two years ago, That dude is a beast. He's a monster. He's ready to go. Tyler Biotis was seen in every fight, every mix-up going on in in Dallas training camp. Um, He's ready to go. Terrence Steele is literally a steal. He's going to play right tackle. The Cowboys offensive line is intact, ready to go. I just want to see who's going to be able to tote the rock for them. Tony Pollard coming off injury. I think they're, they're expecting him to be ready to go, but I expect him to not be the same player right away. Uh, I was surprised to see Malik Davis get cut. And I spoke last yeah. night about how in that playoff game when Tony Pollard went down, the Cowboys were forced to go with Ezekiel oh, that, Elliott yeah. only. And I'm screaming right. on my couch, where's Malik Davis? Do they not mm. trust this kid? They don't trust him. And now he didn't even make the, the ball club. He's on the practice squad. Yeah, look, out for, yeah. look out for Mighty Mouse, Pocket Hercules, yeah. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn, number 42, Deuce Vaughn. He's he's very small, but they're going to have a plan for him in this offense, and he's going to run the ball. Maybe Trey Lance has a package. Maybe they have a package for him to have some design runs. But I'm, ex- uh, well, I'm excited for the Cowboys this year. I I'm, think
4: they're going to like, confuse a lot of teams. And one thing I want to say about Sunday night, um, September 10th, we're going to kick their butt.
1: I mean, the Cowboys beat the Giants pretty consistently over the years. That's one thing that you can count on. Uh, it's, I, a,
4: it's, a, it's a big show of force, I think, a big game.
1: It's a huge game. The whole world on will be road, watching. Yes. And what We're I've said the road, for the Giants right? fans listening is the way that the Giants went to Tennessee and stole that game from the Titans and it propelled their season, Oh they, yeah. if they're able to take this game from the Cowboys, they're off to the races. Anything is possible this year. Right.
4: But I if understand. they lose this
1: game to the Cowboys – And then they go play the tanking Cardinals and get some false hope out of that game. They're one and one. Then you got to play the Niners.
3: Baseball is back. And so is MLB.TV. Watch every out of market regular season
1: game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. In San Francisco or in uh Santa Who's Clara. The or for the 49ers. Brock, Purdy. Brock Purdy. Oh yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah, who we're not oh, sure healthy. we're not sure what his encore is gonna look like. I've been telling folks I was watching uh, this debate between, you know, sophomore slumps. Obviously right. the two rookie quarterbacks that played last year were Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett, and they were saying who they'd rather have between Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett. I'm obviously a Kenny Pickett guy. Anybody that's listening to me on the fan knows my ties to Kenny Pickett. I think he's way better than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy came into a situation as Mr. Irrelevant. He came into a situation as the third-string quarterback surrounded by weapons. And he he did rip off seven wins, but then they broke his arm. They tore his elbow up in that game. Let's see what he does being the number one quarterback – being the starter from the jump with all the expectations on the San Francisco 49ers to go to the Super Bowl this year. Let's see if that little kid from a, a, Iowa so. State can no do way. it again. I don't know. The NFL yeah. is 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 the NFL, not for long. It's not for long for everybody, and if you weren't a surefire Guy like Kenny Pickett went back to school. Kenny Pickett could have got drafted his junior right. year. He went back to school, had the fake slide, was up for the Heisman. He went twentieth uh-huh. overall to the team that he shared his college facility with the Pitt Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett is going to have a breakout season. You can bank on it. Brock Purdy, I'm not so sure about.
4: Yeah. I'm watching uh Florida game with Utah.
1: Uh, yeah, so am I. Yeah. Um Can I
4: ask you one question about the Jets? Absolutely. What do you think when Aaron Rodgers and this team looks pretty loaded on paper and all that? What's your opinion about them?
1: I think they can play with anyone in the league. I think they have enough talent on both sides of the ball that they can play with anyone and everyone in the league. But it's more than that. That's why I was talking about the witching hour. And losses become wins and wins become losses. Rob Sala, clock management. You better know how to use those timeouts. Well, that's his problem, yeah. Aaron Rodgers will. Um, they have yeah. a, they have they have new pieces. Right. And, and football is a game of cohesiveness. Football is a game like that's why I'm actually like confident in, in the Cowboys because they have an offense and a defense that's been together for three years. These guys have been doing it. They've gone to w- war together. They've been battle tested. When you get out there in the heat of the moment, especially here in New York with all that pressure, some guys are going to wilt. some guys are going to fold. And uh, you need all eleven guys in football. So with the Jets, I just think that there, there's a lot of new pieces to the puzzle, a lot of moving parts, and uh, we'll see how they gel. But sure. I think they have enough talent to compete with anybody on their schedule.
4: Well, Kate, they look good. I was watching Hard Knocks, and yeah, all.
1: Hard Knocks is very produced. You know, they look good on Hard Knocks. But the Hard Knocks isn't going to be what we see on that field come week one. Aaron Rodgers had a couple series. He was able to throw that touchdown to Garrett Wilson. I thought that was cool. But uh, any given Sunday, anybody can win. Tommy, thanks for the call. Let's keep it rolling. I think I can get another call in before we break here. Mike's in Clifton Park. What's up, Mike? You're on the fan.
5: Hey Keith, how's it going? I just want to say I'm a long time listener. I'm 48 and I started listening to the smoozer when I was like 12 or 13. My guy, Steve
1: Summers. When those high
5: school days were hard and I would go to bed and throw a Walkman on and Mm -hmm. just let him take me away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, you know, Captain Midnight, uh, my OG, I haven't, you, you know, I was making it a point every month to bring Steve onto my show. I actually need to call Steve. I owe him a call. Um... But I haven't been doing that as of late because I won't let anything out there. But I think, uh, you know, he was on in July for the uh, 36-year anniversary of the station, and I think he might
0: be on his way back. I don't know.
1: I got to call him and check in on him. Cool. If, if not, I'm going to have him on my show because I love Steve. I respect Steve, and uh, he's one of one. He's an icon, and he's still out here. He's still listening. If you're listening now, Steve, I, I owe you a call. I- I'll probably give you a call tomorrow tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, on the landline. <laughs> so, so uh, listen, so I'm a Giants fan, but a
5: quick jet point, and I'm a Mets fan, so I want to just talk, talk about Alonzo quickly. In terms of the Jets, you know, I'm a football fan, but the one thing I would say that I have my eyes open to is when, you know, di- there's adversity, and uh, every team has it. And I want to see what happens when there's some adversity going the Jets' way. I'm more concerned about will the coach. Uh, Sala, rise up and keep this team together and come up with a plan to keep the team going and and winning that's my number one yeah worry he, he's got some jet.
1: um he's got some tiktok reels and uh some inspirational quotes and uh, you know com- contenders and commanders and competitors and eagles and birds flying in the sky and the altitude he's got all that yeah. stuff ready to go
5: yeah you, you know so that was you know last year that was his big downfall he'd you know, the team lost, you know, they they had that losing streak, and he, he you know, I feel it was his job. Yeah, to, but you to, know what that was, to, to right? To they, the they
1: couldn't stop the bleeding, but that's because they couldn't get first downs. They couldn't find the end zone. They were in listen, They were in listen. a lot of those games they lost, but they had listen. they had no quarterback. They had Zach Wilson, then they had Mike White. Mike White, like, Mike White was able to beat the Bears, yes. and everybody was all pumped about beating Trevor Simeon, but I'm like, listen. come on, bros. You're talking to a
5: Giants fan that has seen... Has seen some really good coaching, and it does make a ton of difference to, to willing your team to, to to win. It does start there, so that's how I feel about that. And and in terms of Pete 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 Alonzo, um, he's 29 um, soon, and uh, you know his prime will probably be 29 to 33. I would sign him if you think you're going to get to a World Series during that time frame. Of course. Um, In terms of the length of the contract, you just have to look at Brandon uh, uh, Nimmo and Lindor and how old that they're going to be at the end of theirs. So a president has already been set. Right. And, and you know, and the Mets, they're not going to do anything if they're looking for a VP of operations now. You know, they I'm sure they're going to want that person to to wait. I don't know. Billy on.
1: Epler is capable, and, and Steve Cohen's got uh, yeah. endless money bags. I just don't think it's that hard to just pay Pete Alonso They, no, no, they no, no, owe him. No,
5: it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think they're obviously going to do it. um And it doesn't I, have to be a 10-year deal for a 29-year-old guy. No, no, no. But... However, Lindor will be 37. So the, that line has been set. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think they're definitely going to, to, to do that. And I just think, yeah, like patience, you know, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. And listen, thanks. Thanks for the time. Yo, I, I love listening to your show. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Mike. We'll, we'll get into more of the Pete Alonzo conversation. I know we have some calls on Pete Alonzo and, and you know, I'm not a Mets fan. I think that's pretty obvious and clear, but like, I'm a Pete Alonso fan. When I've I've gone to the last three home run derbies, and every home run derby I've picked, Pete Alonso. I've been in there rooting for the city, for New York City. He represents New York. He represents the Mets. I don't know how we've gotten this far away from this guy being an all-time great Met. From us talking about what Freddie Freeman and uh Paul Goldschmidt and Matt Olson make to now, oh, we gotta trade this guy. He's toxic. Oh, he's old. He's I was at the game. In the Bronx, the first game of that Subway Series in the Bronx, where he hit two home runs, I was sick. I'm like, Pete Alonzo, there he is. We'll we'll talk about it. I got to take a break. It's almost 9 o'clock. Keith McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be
0: right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours